Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. There is like whispering ad suggestions to a phone crazy, and then there's like actually stalk you crazy and like haunt your life crazy. And I feel like iPhone is just the beginning, so I'm a stage one. All right. But I stress it's not a state of, it's not like a, it's not a personality trait. It's just like an emotional category that you can like slip in and out of due to anxiety and or like manic. <laughs> periods it's not like it's the afraidness of being canceled i love it here it comes millennial stress millennial stress <laughs> but, it, millennial but it's true stress. it's true you can't you can't diagnose someone as crazy that's not a oh crazy is like just like a mood like sometimes i'm happy yeah. sometimes i'm sad sometimes exactly. i'm fucking crazy yeah. i'm irrational but in well, like yeah. a controlled way that where i take things one step too far sure i mean fine just like don't hit me with an axe ever because i don't want that for myself I'm not Lizzie Borden. I'd pick something quicker and cleaner, sir. (laughs) Sir, do you even know what we host? I just snorted on the microphone. (laughs) Like, come on. Sir. Sorry, Amanda, that was yours. My bad. Sir. Sir is a gender neutral term. Unless it's the person on the phone company, like, call line calling it. Because, like, if I get mammed one more time. ho. That comedian in the TV show Crashing. I've never. Oh, uh, that guy. Flea, oh, I was thinking Fleabag. Uh, no, that's wonderful too. No, uh, the Crashing dude. Oh, damn! I'm gonna have to dub that in. But his his stand up where he takes a phone call from the bank. Per, I don't want to say you'll like it, love it, or leave it, but like I personally quite enjoy it it's pretty funny i'll give it a chance but my standards for comedy right now are so high because i'm just riding that bo burnham high still since last night also i might add i will add as a disclaimer that at the point in my life where i found this hysterical was when i was at the worst job of my life and my colleague presented this to me and i just went full on off the deep end into it and couldn't like like how frat boys liked Dane Cook at one point. <laughs> oh my god, we all liked Dane Cook. And then one day you were like, yo. You're problematic and gross, sir. Just like Tucker Max. Oh dude, I'm ashamed I about how much I enjoyed. I Me too. DVD. I read that shit all the time. And then one day I was like, wow, a guy that treats women like that is an actual piece of shit. What the fuck was I doing? The 2000s was, it was dark. The early fuck 2000s. You're the fuck dark. boy dark time truly 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 and like bag city they were just making money off of the fact that the media was constantly increasing our lack of self-esteem and there was no way to correct it (laughs) It yeah that was the 2000s that's why we're all so triggered by low-rise jeans you just like connect it all together and you're like oh it was the 90s so awful I should just never have dated up until I was an adult. And then I oh would have God. like 
yeah, listen to your parents. Point. Like, you don't need a boyfriend at 14. You are yeah. learning nothing. No, and then I became an adult, and I was like, vibrators. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> women. No, but I, you know, different. Different strokes. Same, same, but different. <laughs> yeah. Both better than a man. But I'm And half our followers unfollowed. Uh-huh. Just kidding. Men's don't listen to us. Hello, no. men. Men's? You know what? You wish. I- a men's lives in my house and I can't figure out how to get rid of him. <laughs> oh my God. Do what type of exterminator you do you call for that? I don't know. You could, you could wish for it. Oh, Ooh. Oh, 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 you found, Oh, you know what? I, just, I only had to, I only, no, I said it three times and you missed it. I'm giving you a half mark on this one. Okay. This is a half mark. So if I had like a genie, you could maybe wish him away. What? So weird. Free what? Of trouser snakes. Ew. Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jordan. I love you. <laughs> He's not here. He doesn't matter. He doesn't listen. Okay. So we are Kelsey and we are. I'm Jill. We did Just it. Drink. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, and this would be our uh, third, but it's third installment. In the TGI Friday saga? Not including the original TGI Friday episode, right? I don't know. Is this third? I'm not sure. You know what? We're in it. It's like, you know, we're around number three. This was like book. This was Eclipse in the Twilight Saga. Like, yep. or no, or New Moon. Shit. Are we sparkling yet? Nah, it's Eclipse. Nobody cares. Eclipse was a write-off. Are we sparkling yet? Oh, we've been sparkling since fucking episode one, my guy. Shit. Okay, sick. Well, welcome to the saga that never ends. This is the song that never ends, and it goes on and on, my friends. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was, and they'll continue singing it forever just because it says it. And I'm done because I can't. Sherry Lewis crimes. Bless you. Yeah, so on this one, we're going to continue with our thriller fantasy sitcom style television series in the coveted TJF lineup just like last week and the week before with you wish you wish i wish us wish, wish. together we wish. wish grammar so you doused wish wish doused wish yeah. shelt wish ooh thou shalt wish Oh, damn. I think that's the fourth commandment in the Bible. Is it? I don't read the Bible. I don't think there's wishing in the Bible because it's uh, it's all true. Oh, right. It's real. You can't have magic in a book that's real. No, it's like a a textbook. If if it's science and fact. Yeah, I think it's right up there. Right? Like, same with that... um, L. Ron Hubbard guy. He wrote the Bible, right? I think, and then I think Elon Musk put some notes in, in inside too. Didn't he find Jesus? I think it was his his son. And that's what that's actually how you pronounce that name. So Elon is Jesus's son. Father. Father. Je- God? Jesus is maybe. Oh. You don't know. Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> Oh my god. Does that mean Grimes is Mary? Did she have an immaculate pregnancy? Like a hundred percent. Damn, poor thing. No one wants that. 
Ugh, it's like a it's like when your friend goes partying just too hard in their like as soon as their legal drinking age they just go too hard and then like three months later they're like why have i gained weight only in my uterus i don't remember having sex and you were like alcohol girl no it's because you fell on a baby you fell pregnant you fell pregnant you tripped at the club god i wish there was those weird terms for like when men do shit <laughs> she I think it's called fucking up <laughs> don't worry walk it off yeah you're, you're a champ don't worry you're a jock you can go back out again it's fine don't be a weenie well i wouldn't wish that on anyone I so we're gonna slide right back into this that's a good segue i don't know yeah. whatever okay so you wish is an american fantasy sitcom television series created by michael jacobs that ran from September 26, 1997 to June 19, 1998. So just kind of similar with Teen Angel. They, they were there and then they weren't. And none of us realized it because we aged out. So, or maybe, I, I don't know. I told a coworker, she's like, oh, what are you covering today? And I was like, you wish. And she's like, what's that? And I was like, we're still in the TGI Fridays universe. And she was like, I do not remember that show. And I was like, yeah, it, like, only lasted a year. It was, like, a blip on the radar, but nobody in the show was hot like Marty. So, like, <laughs> we don't remember this show the way we remember that teenage little heartthrob. I need some angst or it won't work. But but also, like, when I started watching episodes, because I've been, like, I had episodes on the background today, and it kind of came all back to me. I was like, I've seen this before. It's there in the like the recesses of my brain, just like the Mariana's Trench of my brain. It just kind of bubbled Ooh. up. What a good band. I know, right? I wish I could hit that stupid pitch that that Josh boy can. So beautiful. And he like married his like sweetheart, which makes me feel nice. What's it like to have your whole life work out? I know. Well, I think they was like like a What's it like peaks and valleys? I don't think it was a straight a line. roller coaster. Yeah, but it worked out in the end. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? We're not there. We don't know them. No. Nope. I hope if you're listening, you're not. But I hope it's good. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. So, it started as part of ABC's TGIF programming on Friday nights in the fall of 1997, along with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Boy Meets World, and Teen Angel. So this was a really fun thing that I didn't clue into. And then after I read it, I'm like, I'm dumb. <laughs> Just as Sabrina the Teenage Witch was considered the 1990s version of Bewitched. Yep, I read that. Why didn't I think about that? It's just like, it may, it's per, like, hello? Like, it's also no wonder. TV show. Yeah, um, no wonder I loved it. Because growing up, my mom, uh, we had like, what was that show called? Like, um, or that network was called like uh, Deja View. Yeah. Yeah. My mom would plunk my sister and I in front of Bewitched and be like, this is content. Sit here. And we did. And we loved it. Yeah. We watched and that then... channel at the old folks home. <laughs> and then when I grew up and became a designer for like, probably still, I don't know, but I would assume, but for the first like couple years, my mom, people be like, what does your kid do? My mom's like, she's a designer like Darren Stevens. Oh my God. Uh, no, that's not what I, what I do, but, but it was cute. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, just like Bewitched, and You Wish was a 1990s version of I Dream of Jeannie. So, oh, yeah. shit, eh? Right? And, like, now that I'm watching it, because I watched it a bunch today, 
Yes, absolutely. And even how they edited it and animated it, like I shouldn't say animated, there isn't any animation. It's just like good, e- quick editing, good timing with, true? yeah, with sound oh. effects. It's exactly like I Dream a Genie where she would be like, and like cross her arms and whatever. And they clearly just like stopped the camera and the character like ran off and then they just yes. started recording again, yeah. like clearly. So You Wish is exactly the same thing, but with like more sound effects, but not like aggressive. And yeah, exactly. And if we're going to bring this up, because I will, because I do, they both cast white people to play a, a, genie. a genie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, traditionally genies are usually white or blue so why is Jill and myself all butthurt that genies are portrayed by white people well let me please tell you so genies or jinn as they're better known in the Arabic world genies are supernatural beings with roots in Mesopotamian legends and they are originally found in ancient myths and legends in the Middle East especially Arabia not North America, America, what have you. I just, I don't think there's a lot of like, uh, like, I mean, the original genie actress was, I don't know her heritage, so I can go fuck myself, but she's like a blonde kind of Scandinavian looking genie. So that isn't, it's not probably real. <laughs> a Norse genie, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then this dude is like, he's not blonde. He is a brunette. He has curly hair, but he, I still... Yeah, I don't. Anyways, <laughs> it's not necessarily cast properly. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So in the show's pilot episode in which the proposed series, so the first pilot episode was only called, like the title, working title was Genie versus You Wish. So in that first one, uh, Jillian Apple, played by mm. Harley Jane Kozak, and her two children, Mickey Apple, Alec McKenna and Travis Apple, Nathan Lawrence, visit a rug shop where they meet the owner. This one I was like, the 90s. Oh, always no. problematic. Yeah. So the owner of the rug shop is Madman Mustafa. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Don't oh, do that. God, the 90s. Just stop it. And he was played by John Reese Davies. Uh, the family there buy a rug and buying this rug and bringing it home, they unexpectedly release a genie played by John Ailes, who is the character we were talking about. He's the white genie. Okay. Yes. He's been imprisoned for 2,000 years in this rug. The genie's name is simply Genie throughout the series, although in the first episode, Jillian, the mother, refers to him as Steve from Kingora Park. I think, like, she just says it as, like, a like who's your friend? And she's like, it's Steve from Kingora Park, and that was Steve. that. Steve. Yeah. So later in other episodes, Genie actually starts to adapt this as an alias. So another fun little side thing is Jerry Van Dyke is introduced into the show in the third episode as the Genie's grandpa, Max. So... Uh, oh, I'll say this first. So he, Jerry Van Dyke also is in Teen Angel. Yeah, he was in Teen Angel. Yeah. So he plays, he's in the two series simultaneously playing two different characters. So way to go. Way to go, my dude. But here we still have another like old white guy playing the Oh my God. So good job, good job, good job. It's but, like okay. when American Horror Story makes Sarah Paulson play like three characters, but they're all from different American Horror Story timelines, but they put them all in Apocalypse and you're so fucking confused. Her lips are so perfect. She's, she's, she's a, wonderful. 
she's so gorgeous like oh so mm-hmm. jealous of her gorgeous face i just want to take it and wear it oh that's for a different uh episode i think uh, whatever Dean crimes it's a compliment so jerry van dyke so he plays the grandpa he is actually it's funny how quickly the show escalates. This is a third episode, and all of a sudden, the genie that this mother's like, so mind you, the mother, like, she has two children, brings this rug home, and a man pops out of it. And she's like, just move in with me. That's she's cool. like, sounds good. Yeah. I've been alone. Yeah, yes, yes. And he has magic powers, so she's like, that's chill. Whereas, like, I'm not a mother, but I feel like if a man rolled out of a rug and claimed to have magic powers, I'd call the police. Right? I'd <laughs> also, beat him with the stick I keep next to my bed. Yeah, how heavy was that friggin' rug, my girl? But and so in the third episode, the grandpa, Jerry Van Dyke, I guess the the genie, he's like, oh, yeah, my, my grandpa, he's... I get, when genies get too old, they, like, put them on a rug and light it on fire and shoot them out into oblivion. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, when I die, <laughs> I know exactly what I want. But it's funny because, like, that parallels the dinosaurs episode where, like, when the grandma's too old, they want it, they take her to this cliff in her wheelchair. They're trying to huck her off the cliff, and that's what they do with old people. <laughs> oh, my God, you just toss them. Yeah. But then they like talk him out of it and he's all a friend or someone talks him out of it. And he's all pissed off because he has to bring his mother-in-law back home and she's all cranky. <laughs> oh my God. That's so like the same thing. But the genie's like, the grandpa's like, yeah, let me on fire. And the his like grandson, which is the genie's like, I don't know. And I think like the mom talks him out of it and then he moves in with him and he lives there. And he's like, magic is all like hokey and doesn't really work. So it's kind of funny. But like, par- yeah. Oh my God. Par- yeah. You're old. Just how? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just kind of imagining that. Oh my God. It was the 90s. People love to do weird shit like that. Like, how many? No, whatever. It's not correct. Don't do that to your grandparents. It's not good. But I, but I, getting, it's like interesting how in Bewitched, nope, this is not the same parallel, but it's going to say like in Bewitched, the, the, grandmother or like the mother was like almighty and powerful and like this elderly grandpa genie character can't manage to do a spell properly like he tries to like make water appear and a bucket of water appears above his head just falls on oh my god he's like the old hormone monster in big mouth where you're like he works but like not great he's not really the one you want but he's okay yeah so there you go all right so the show actually had a couple other crossovers, as they do in their short time because marketing and Disney. Although the series made a total of 13 episodes, it was taken off after the seventh episode, Genie Without a Cause. This episode, which aired on November 7th, 1997, was a part of a night-long TGIF retro crossover, which starred Sabrina. Sabrina made a time ball, which Salem swallowed <laughs> and caused a time period caused the time period to be the 1960s Salem then crossed over into boy meets world (laughs) turning it into the 1940s then the series then this series to the 1950s and then to teen angel to the 1970s I want to look that up I don't remember it It sounds incredible how do you cancel after that that sounds that sounds amazing I would love to watch that like excuse me Marvel Universe are you taking notes 
Oh my god. They kind of did it in WandaVision. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, that's dope. All right. And then finally and sadly, the cancellation. You Wish was a ratings failure. Ranking 92nd for the season. Ouch. Yes. And was canceled after seven episodes, like I mentioned. Reruns from the first season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch were added to... Oh, fuck. They got replaced by Sabrina reruns. Ouch. Sorry, I didn't reread this last section because I was busy, so I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I'm sad enjoying it. It's bad. It's bad. I feel bad for them. Okay. Reruns from the first season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch were added to the TGIF lineup to fill the empty slot for the remainder of the seasons. Fuck. You should have just kept it going. Right? Just let me watch something bad. But I guess maybe yeah. if people like Sabrina, they were less likely to turn it off and miss the show after, right? I liked You Wish, I think. I think I liked it. There yeah. was a genie, and the main character's name was Jillian, if not Gillian, which I there really hope it's not Gillian. I'm but like, I'll take it. Two Jills, I got a home improvement and You Wish. Like, yeah. I'll take it. And it was like, it was just problematic enough, like where they make fun of women's bodies a little bit. Like the grandpa, one episode was talking about how he had an arranged marriage and his wife was fine for the first like six months. And then she got round. Oh, yeah, it was perfect for our 90s brains. It was right up there, like developing those eating disorders and confidence issues. Like, let's get it. Well, we all watched Misha Barton on the OC going, what? (laughs) I eat salads and vitamins. Do you guys want to share a Caesar salad today when we go out for dinner? Because I really don't want to gain a lot of weight. What? Girl, eat then the pizza. We'll split a B vitamin later. Okay. The, rain- the remaining six unaired episodes of the series were burned off in May and June 1998, filling the slot of its fellow new TJF series, Teen Angel, after that show was canceled. So I guess like after Teen Angel was canceled, they were like, just put this here. Just fill this in just so we have something, but other than that, we good. Yeah. So brief but interesting. There we have you wish that lives, like I said, in the Mariana's trench of our brain. And I think I've said everything I have to say about it. I think I've made fun of it enough. I think I've appreciated enough. I think oh, they did have some like nice like less like it was it was kind of more targeted to I guess like a specific age demo like the older daughter I think she's like Mm -hmm. 15 or 13 and they had like an episode about not smoking so (laughs) whatever it's so weird that this show was on for such a small amount of time but I remember it more than I remember like sister sister I don't yeah um and, like, it's up there with aliens in the family, where I'm like, how is this one thing that I remember when in there. it was, like, a boop, like, a blip? Like, it was yeah. just barely there. And I'm like, no, I remember it was a genie, and I remember the shirt he wore, and I remember the mom's, like, typical 90s mom haircut. Karen haircut, kind of. Yeah, like, really feathered. Like, when you'd go Very to the hair feathered. salon, and they give you the book of, like, women's hairstyles, yeah. and it's just, yeah. like, extra quaffed, and the woman always has, like, brown lipstick, And then, like, a reddish-brown shirt, and she's, like, glaring at the camera, and you're like, ooh, do I want that? But yes, exactly. Exactly what you're talking about. I remember going through that. I have a picture of myself. I must must find you, where my mom bought this, like, program where I could put, like, hairstyles on my head. Oh, my God, amazing. The luxury. No, (laughs) 
I mean, it's it's a luxury now that I still can view this picture. The luxury of the 90s. <laughs> Technology but at its finest. I took a picture of myself with my hair in a ponytail with my like bangs still there. I just like popped this haircut on my head and printed it off and like handed it in on, on like a French project or a cap project or some shit. Like it was normal. Oh my God. <laughs> just put it on your resume in the top corner. This is what I look like when I'm professional. I probably did at one point. I bet you that's how I got my job at Panacopolis pizza. <laughs> Every time somebody at work gave me a resume with a photo on it I was always like I bet this is their profile picture and I bet it's like a crop from like a clubbing group photo and nine out of ten times I was fucking right did you look it up oh of course I did oh good girl that's the best I used to like I don't know you type somebody's name into the internet and see what weird shit pops up right when when I used to work at a gym and douchebags would come in I would type their name into Facebook immediately and my oh. friends and I would be like, Louis Vuitton side bag. And I'm, yeah, we're like, every time we're like, oh, there it is. Oh, God, the worst. Yeah. I yeah, hope you're... there you go. Um, well, I decided, because the weather has been hot here in BC, we have been in a heat dome, as it's been called, and none of us are mentally prepared for it. Or like physically at all. And I've had, like, so much rage boiling inside of me for, like, no reason other than I'm hot. So I decided to take a page out of your book today. And I am doing my version of a diet crime, of a crime diet light. Crime. It's diet because there's no dye. Oh, shit. Get out of here. Um, so I picked a crime of the brain... That involves how our genie was delivered to his family. Uh, okay, a rug? Yeah. A stick? We are coming in to one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in American history. Versus the one, nope, that's a different one. But I was thinking about like the person that was selling counterfeit Furbies. I don't know why I went there. Wow. <laughs> okay. You know, the biggest crime <laughs> of America, counterfeit fucking Furbies. <laughs> you know out. what? I still am unsure if some of my Pokemon cards are fake and I will not look into it because I cannot handle that emotional, like that crushing emotional oh. Do you moment. Do like, faux babies that they'd sell at like I don't markets know. and I stuff don't know. and you were like, their eyes are just slightly wrong. Their eyes are dead. So we're going to go way, way back in the time machine. And I say way, way back because apparently 2000s fashion is back. So we're going way further than that. We're going oh, to no. 1966. Shit. When our main boy, Barry J. Minkow, was born to Jewish parents, Robert and Carol, uh, in Inglewood, California. Inglewood. Oh, Mac fun. 10, Mac 10. Inglewood facts. If you were to drive from Vancouver to Inglewood, it would take you approximately 20.5 hours and you'd drive about 2,061 kilometers. What is that in miles? I don't fucking know. Google it. I've been there before. I have not, so congratulations. Thank you. And Mac 10 is a song called Inglewood Swingin' and you should listen to it. Everyone, listen to it. Well, it's the best. So, uh, I wanted to kind of put Inglewood into something we'd understand here in Vancouver, so... Uh, Vancouver gets an average of 92.6 inches of precipitation a year, which I've covered before. Uh, Inglewood only gets about 14 inches, so she dry. She dry. She's not a wass. She's not a wet-ass state, you know? <laughs> She's not a wap. 
not a WAP. We're a wet ass province. I like Vancouver is a WAP. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> wet ass province city. So at the age of nine, Barry's mother Carol made him get a job at the carpet cleaning company she worked at, but she got him doing telemarketing. Okay, so I'd like good. to point out that he's nine and has oh, a that's job. Young. And nine-year-olds nowadays, like, oh, my God, what is going on with them? They could not hold down a job to save their lives, but they can YouTube like it's nobody's fucking business. Which is still a job. Not when you're nine. No, no, you don't even, it's content, though. They're, I guess it depends on. But it's weird to think, like, a nine-year-old was, like, cold calling people to be like, hi there, I was just calling to know if your carpets need to be cleaned and if we can interest you in our services today. Like, sir, what? Okay, okay, so not funny, but, like, could you imagine how cute that little call would be? <laughs> like, Hi there, this is me, Barry. Just when, my mom was just wondering if you needed your carpets cleaned because I work at a really good company, and I was just wondering if I could offer you our services today. I hope that everyone that young man called was really nice to him. Me too. I really hope so. Well, the age of nine is where he got his sweet, sweet start in the business of carpet cleaning. Okay. So when he turned 16 so he's still in high school he started a company and it is called zzzz best which he pronounced as the best carpet cleaning i mean it's almost like he's in the early 2000s except for it would be like best the best carpet cleaning so he started his company in his parents garage yes and then (laughs) duck hands not italian hands (laughs) So he started in his parents' garage. He only had three employees, and then they only had four different telephone lines that you could call in on. Sorry, at 16, he had three employees? Uh, and yes. telephone lines? Yes. I need to reassess my whole entire life. Like, holy shit. I think at 16, I was, like, fired from my job at the movie theater because I wasn't movie theater material, is what I was told. I was fired from my job at Panagopolis, basically, for the same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. You are not Panagopolis material. I put three pizzas in without cheese on them because I was daydreaming. <laughs> my God. You know what? I dated somebody who was very allergic to lactose, and that is definitely how they ordered pizza. And I was like, this is not, this is just bread sauce, but okay. Yeah, no. I, those, those weren't the lactose intolerant orders. I was straight up probably thinking about boys. Yeah. Ugh, so cute. Yeah, yeah I know. So surprisingly enough, because he's 16, his business starts failing. A lot of banks won't let him have an account because he's a minor. Uh, They're closing his accounts. He's had a few customer complaints because also, like, I'd like to point out he's a child. And he owed a lot of debt to his vendors for, like, supplies. So he was having a really hard time just making enough money to even start, like, paying his payroll fees to his employees. Let alone, like, like, the other bills. His, like, baseball cards. Well, not his. So he started stealing his grandma's jewelry and pawning it off. He also started doing uh, fraud credit credit card charges. And then he also started doing, uh, it's called check kiting. Okay. But it's, I know somebody in my high school who did this, and yes, she got in a lot of trouble. But you deposit like a check with an amount, but it's for nothing. And then you immediately withdraw that amount. Gross. So the check bounces and you end up obviously having an NSF and owing money. There was a person that I knew. That used to, I don't remember exactly what happened, but he would, like, get, like, money orders. hmm Like, blank money orders. Does that make sense? Yep. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And he would, like, because he was a very talented artist, he would, like, doctor them. And he would, and he would, like, have random people go deposit them. 
and yep. then give them like $200 and he would take like the couple grand or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And he made so much money doing that. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> and I was like, arm's length away, my guy. I mean, that's kind of what Wolf of Wall Street was about, right? Yo, like he was right? writing all those fake checks. But this was, mind you, the early 90s and people weren't as like wise to it. But like, I wish I remembered more about it because fuck. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, no names will be said about around that one. So during he's stealing, he's trying to keep the the company going. So he turns, he meets this man named Tom Padgett, who's an insurance adjuster. Yes. So he gets this idea to turn his carpet cleaning business to also open up an insurance restoration portion of his cleaning business. So if you have an insurance claim... The insurance company would hire his company to do the cleaning for you, write it off, your insurance pays for it, you know? Okay. So he teamed up with Tom and they ended up turning Z-Best into a full company. And then they filed a bunch of fake claims using Tom's contacts in the insurance agency. And then they also created a, a business together called Interstate Appraisal Services. And they'd use that grouping to verify all the cases so they kind of had like a paper trail made of paper that never existed in the first place okay so they ended up taking a lot of loans out at this time and this is when they started their ponzi scheme so i had to look up what a, what a ponzi scheme was because yep. i know the word but i don't really know what it was so a ponzi scheme is a fraudulent investing scam which yields high return with little risk to your investors but you pay off your old investors with new investors' money. So you never actually have money. You're just getting people to buy in. That's disgusting. To cover your own debt. And it was actually named after a man named Charles Ponzi who tricked investors with a postage stamp scheme in the 1920s. Hmm. So then I was like, I know a lot of stay-at-home moms. Are MLMs and Ponzi schemes the same fucking thing? Boils. Some of them are fucked up, right? So I I compared it. So to put it into terms that we'd all understand, because we've all received that like message or DM from somebody who's like, hey, uh, Kelsey, you're looking like a boss bitch lately. And I'm wondering if you want to know how to make a passive income at home. And then you're like, don't fucking ever message me again. It's it's like it's your old bully from high school that's bought a bunch of followers. And she's like, God. And the last message you received from her was like, I saw you with my, your arm around my boyfriend at the party in grade 10 and you're a fucking bitch. Hey, do you want to sell oils with me? Right. It's like, go away. I, so like, Emma- I like peace and like chakras and shits. Oh my God. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so white. So an MLM is a marketing strategy. So basically you make money off more people that you sign up. So everybody is technically making money, but you have to reach a certain point in order to make the money. Whereas a pyramid scheme or a a Ponzi scheme, there is no product being sold. So it's just money coming in with no, uh, nothing actually being returned. You're just trying to live off the money you're taking from people. All right. So that, that sounds like a deadly it sounds like a fucking bad idea. Deadly place to go. Like. That's like, I'd that's rather like... sell essential oils than fucking do a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. That sounds like going to that island in Zelda where you have no weapons and you have to Don't find f- a stick. Fuck. Shout out to my fucking friend, Megan, for fucking telling me that it would be a fun time to go to that fucking island. And it 
wasn't. Thanks, Megan. Yeah, thanks, Megan. Shout out to you because I'm mad about it still. Megan. So the difference um, that the Ponzi scheme was bringing in. (laughs) Yeah, segue. So the difference of the money versus how much the best cleaning was bringing in, like the revenue from this fraudulent area of their crime, which was the insurance restoration area, it was bringing in 86% of their money. Okay. So only, what, 14% of their money that they were making was from real cleaning they were doing, and the rest was a fucking lie. Yeah, it was honest. Wow. Right? Yeah, I feel like you guys have your head underwater a little bit. Well, just a little bit. So, in 1985, he graduated from high school. Oh, my God. 1985. Okay. And then he devoted all of his time to this business. So he started, like, he went all in. But this is where... My husband was born and he graduated high school. (laughs) Like, I... 1985, I wasn't even alive. No, we were sperm and an egg. I was always just an egg. (laughs) And here I am, just an egg still. I wish I was just an egg, but we have to be honest. There, we got to give credit where credit is due. Shout out to our moms. Thanks, mom. So during this time, he needed more money. So he became involved in the organized, he had organized crime ties. So a few people he had working for him, there was Jack Catan. He was a businessman who had a lot of links to organized crime. He had Maurice Rind, who was a major shareholder in his company. I feel like had, you always have to have a Maurice. Oh my God, always a Maurice. With Italian hands. Maurice. He was a major shareholder, but he had also been convicted of security fraud before, which is like, oh, that's who you want in your business. Yep. And then there was Robert Vigero, who was a jewel sheep thief and a loan shark. A jewel sheep? A sheep. Hey, listen, (laughs) I've had a quarter of a white claw and I don't go out anymore. I'm loaded. You're wild. I am. Get no laws when you're drinking claws. Oh, my. So Barry ended up owing a lot of money to these people. So in 1986, Barry was like, I'm going to take my fucking company public because if I take my company public, I can be part of the stock market exchange. Like people can buy stocks in my company. Leonardo DiCaprio. He was aiming to be on uh, NASDAQ, so NASDAQ, I guess, which is the second biggest trading company uh under wall street so it's the second Mm -hmm. biggest and the auditor who was giving their business approval to be on here didn't fully check into their background information so they didn't look into the insurance restoration facts it was the 80s yeah he didn't look into it so if he had he would have seen like red flags and that like their mailing addresses were like PO boxes and all this yeah. weird stuff. And then he they also did. missed the fact that Barry owned 53% of his own company. Huh. So they just showed up in like nice outfits as like, may they're I like, are- hey there, how you going, Sonny? Do you want to, we want to put our business on the stock market? And, and they were like, like two white people. Mm-hmm. And he was like, two white guys. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> seems legit checks out yeah i'll scratch your back you scratch mine according to their exchange for this stock market if you had a business you had to hold on to your shares for two years you can't just like put your business on the market and then fucking unload and dip out you have to hold on to your shares so so because he owned only 53 percent, he wasn't 
el eligible, essentially. Nope. He yeah. still had to own all of his shares. Yep. No, but, but that's that what I mean. meant yeah. if he only if he held on to them for two years, he could cash all his shares in and become a millionaire like snap. Like he would just two years. He has to keep this business going. He's been doing it for how many years under fraud? Two more years, and he can be a millionaire and walk away. Bye bye. So. By February in 1987, the business was selling for $18 a share, okay. and it was valuing at around $280 million net worth, which Barry himself would be worth over $100 million of. Good job. I learned so much about, like, not burying a body or, like, how people get murdered this week. I was like, whoa, I'm learning about stocks. Watch out, Bitcoin. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm like, investing. Yeah, I'm an investor now. Me and my which, TFSA are going places, bitches. Which, which is a good skill. <laughs> I feel, like, so overwhelmed with all this knowledge that isn't murder this week that I'm like, oh, watch out. Why do I feel safer learning how to hide a body? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for your money. Oh, no. So this company named KeyServe had also gone up for business, and KeyServe was a, a cleaning carpet cleaner. They were the authorized one of Sears. So Sears is like popping. Obviously, Barry's like, yo, I want this fucking business. So they made a deal where he would buy KeyServe for $25 million. He'd absorb them, and then Zbest would be the main name, mm -hmm. and KeyServe would just be part of them. And if he did that, he would have become the largest independent carpet cleaning company in the USA. Okay. Like, I don't know what your goals are, but that is a very specific goal. And I am glad he's going for it, even though it's really sketchy. But, like, can you imagine? Little Barry's, like, nine years old. Just like, Mom, I love telemarketing, but one day I want to be the biggest carpet cleaning conglomeration in America. But only independently. Like, <laughs> You sound like Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna buy you some easy spirits. <laughs> or whatever. Boy, little buddy, little dream. I got cowboy boots just for kicks. <laughs> Watch what I can do. <laughs> so he he also planned to buy Service Master to expand more. So they were like Service Master was also part of Europe, and so he he basically had this like big big plans to become like number one carpet cleaner. Mm -hmm. And so days before the deal was supposed to close with KeyServe, his fucking credit card history got exposed. The fraudulent okay. charges all got exposed. Somebody fucking found it and dropped it hard. Like, call them Skrillex because I've never seen anything drop so hard. Yeah. I, like, I'm like, oh, but really, like, yeah, you're cheating people. So. Yeah, like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, you're making bad choices. But also, I think he kind of snowballed because he just kept... He just kept he's doing trying, it. He's for... too big for his britches. You get too yeah, cocky. It's like when exactly. you gamble. He just kept doing it. No one stopped him. So he just kept doing it. <laughs> when I go gambling, I have like $20. And if that $20 is gone, I'm like, hmm. And then I leave. This this guy's confidence is essentially like, what's his name again? I forget already. Dave Cook. Dan Cook. That idiot Dane. in the 90s. Dane Cook. I was invited off. Dave. Dan. Same thing. <laughs> That motherfucker, he just kept putting down women and everyone were like, it's fine. He was like, yeah, it's fine. And then now he's, he's doing it. Canceled. Washed up. Canceled. I, mean, I canceled. I, I don't like to say cancel culture, but I think it's okay with him. It's okay. Yeah. So he's like that. He walked in with that confidence and someone smashed him in the face and was like, no, thank you. Goodbye. We all went, don't, oh shit. You can't yeah. talk to me like that. Huh? Yeah. You can't lie cheat and steal with people's livelihoods mm -hmm. so 
all of that hullabaloo that got discovered, it dropped his company 28%. Later, more fraudulent checks were found. And then on July 2nd, Barry uh, randomly resigns from his position because he has health reasons. And by this point, stocks had dropped from $18 a share to $3.50 a share, which is an 81% drop. Hmm. Like, it's weird. It's like it didn't work out. Maybe you shouldn't have, like, maybe you shouldn't have kept doing that shady shit. Mm-hmm. It so, almost seems like it. It's like you might have, you should have stopped. Yeah. So the the police went investigating Obvi, and they ended up finding evidence that he had been laundering drug profit money for organized crime. And I'm like, ooh, check that box, too. So okay. Barry and 10 of his associates were arrested. And they were charged with 54 accounts of racketeering, security fraud, money laundering, embezzlement, mail and bank fraud, and tax evasion. How did this person sleep at night with all this shit going on? Oh, he just slept in his money and went, ooh. Ooh." Like Scrooge. Just like dove. (laughs) He dove into his. Can you imagine how painful it would be driving into like a pile of loonies? Just like face for You would not glide in that effortlessly, my guy. Cartoons never truly educated us on anything. No. Like the amount of times I thought you could slap a pothole on the ground and people would fall into it. Or like an an anvil was just going to crush me. Just like paint a tunnel on the wall and run right through it. Mm -hmm. But also like on the sleep thing. Last night I couldn't sleep because I... My house was a, a fire. My house is like do, like Doom Mountain on Mordor. It was horrific. Ugh. And trying to sleep, I kept having... I played Zelda before I went to bed, and I kept having these waking dreams where, like, I couldn't sleep because I didn't have the right elixir. Like, I was missing something. I didn't put my Goron armor on. Yeah, seriously. So if that keeps me up at night, the fuck could I handle that type of stress? Oh, my God, right? The fuck. So on March 27, 1989, once again, I'd like to remind everybody about how young I am. I still wasn't born. I was in gestation. I just wasn't born yet because I am so young. Good job for you. Thank you. (laughs) So he received 25 years in prison with five years probation and $26 million in restitution. (laughs) But our boy went to prison and, you know, what does everybody find in prison? They find Jesus. Oh, I was going to say toilet alcohol, but Jesus is good too renounces all his jewish heritage and he becomes a born-again christian that's not the right move it's not but it happens a lot in jail i've been learning so in 1995 he ended up writing a book called clean sweep Mm -hmm. uh and it was all the proceeds of this book were going to pay off his victims because he was released in 1995 after he only served seven and a half years oh so he ended up writing a book about his whole experience and he was using the money to pay off victims. Whereas part of me is like, okay, like at least you're, you're doing something to pay off the victims. You're not being a dick. And like, at least nobody died. People probably lost all their lives, but like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then he started uh, helping the police. He became a okay. snitch. And so he helped investigate fraudulent businesses and he uncovered a $300 million pyramid scheme business. So he ended up helping them and a lot not. like the end of Wolf of Wall Street, right? Where he kind of ends up helping them. No, uh, what's the other one? Catch Me If You Can. With Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like a fake airplane. I was airplane see that. Is, this, is this what this is about? I can't talk. I don't, I didn't see, no, because this uh, case actually has its own movie. 
but I feel like maybe it was loosely based on it, except they were like, instead of being a carpet cleaner, let's make him a pilot. It's Catch Me If You Can. Appar- well, apparently that was an actual person as well, and he yeah. helped. Yeah, so I was gonna say helping them because I said earlier I was like Leonardo DiCaprio because of the stock mm-hmm. market, and then I was gonna say it all comes back to Leonardo DiCaprio because of that fucking pilot movie. Yep. Oh, I love Being that. Watched I watched that movie so many times. So he also got involved in some insider training, and then he also discovered some church fraud because he ended up becoming a pastor at a church. So because he was involved, he got involved with this stuff because he's like, oh, now I know how to trick the police. I'll do it. He got caught. And so he was sentenced to five years in 2014. And then he got another $3.4 million restitution added. And he still owed $26 million from the best carpet cleaning because book sales ain't that hot, my guy. Yeah, get your hand out of the cookie jar, dude. Right? So this guy got involved in a lot of shit. He's basically pretty scummy. He went back to jail in 2014, but, like, as as happens, he was released in 2016. Uh, I didn't really look into his whereabouts. He did a lot of other stuff after he was released. He was involved in a lot of stuff, but part of me was like, if the carpet's not involved, I don't really care anymore, my dude. But if you do want to know more about him, there is a movie that was released in 2018, and it's called Con Man. Mm-hmm. It's based off his story. He actually plays a character, not him. Uh, I don't think himself, but he actually plays a character in this movie. And a fun fact is Mark Hamill plays his dad. <laughs> nice. And for everybody that doesn't know who that is, because TikTok, he he went on TikTok, and everybody's like, "Who is this fucking old guy?" He has TikTok for a day, and he has two million followers. Nice. And it's like, yeah, because he's fucking Luke Skywalker. Um, I went to a wedding with his daughter one time. Yep. Sign me up. Yeah, she was she was very nice. Her name is Chelsea Hamill. I when she first introduced herself to me, I was like, cool, and then walked away with my Star Wars sleeve. And then you were like, <laughs> no, it was I later. Can't talk to you right now. It was later. Someone was like, you realize who that? I mean, no, no, I was talking to her. She's lovely, but I. Anyways, later someone was like, you know that that's Mark Hamill's daughter, and I was like, okay, cool, because I didn't. Yeah, Why would I? And they're like, okay. Uh, yeah, and then, and then the penny dropped, and I was like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> and then I and then I felt like a giant twat with my fucking Star Wars sleeve. I was like, I have to go now. <laughs> like, like, I have to leave. Have her dad's face on my arm. Jesus Christ. I mean, once Saul Goodman came into a store I worked at, and I thought he was okay. So he was wearing a puffy coat and a hat, and like the store I worked in was right on a C train in Calgary line. So we had a lot of theft. So I thought he was a sketch bag, and I followed him around the fucking store like he was gonna steal everything he touched. That's fair. And then my boss was standing there, just like, "Don't, don't, what are you? Do? Oh my god!" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll get him. Good." Like I thought she was doing the, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And so I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do it." And then he, like, left, and my boss was like, that's fucking Saul Goodman, you fucking moron. And I was like, huh. And then I did the same thing to the guy that plays um, Robert Stark in uh, Game of Thrones. I'd like to apologize to him. Sorry I yelled at you at the nightclub. It's okay. One time I told Questlove he couldn't eat Starbucks in my cafe because it was Artigiano, and then I found out it was Questlove. You know what? Sometimes people just need that dose of reality. I just thought... He was super cool, and I was just doing my job. I was like, you can't eat Starbucks in my cafe, because it's the rules. And then when I found out it was Questlove, I was like, you can eat Starbucks anywhere you want. 
You're like, I'm sorry. But also, no. Put it in a cup from our place. I mean, yeah, hide that shit. Uh, Sorry, the Catch Me If You Can is Frank Abigail. Abigail. Abigail? Yeah. Thank you. I have seen that movie a lot. It's Frank Abigail. No, no, because we weren't sure that it was, you remember, you're like, it could have been loosely based. That's actually the guy. Oh, no, I just know how to pronounce his name because I really like the sound of it. Yeah. So, different people. Christopher Watkins, his dad. Really? No, in the movie. Oh. (sighs) Welcome to You Wish Crimes, where we become a Leonardo uh, DiCaprio fan cast. Truly. (laughs) Truly. But I wanted to keep it, like, crime light because I've been, like, too hot and spicy because of the weather. And part of me was, like, maybe people will be okay with it being more chill because I'm too riled up. And also, um, the... Uh, the slinky case, like Jeannie Cleary. Her name is Jeannie. I would call her, her Jean. And then I Googled like Jeannie crimes. So I wanted to find somebody named Jeannie and she popped up and I was like, shit, is that how you say Jeannie? I will never let you live down that you got mad at me for Aileen and Eileen ever again now. <laughs> Whatever. Jeanne. <laughs> Jeanne. And then like, Jean. also there is a, uh, to touch on the word Jeannie, there is a feral child case about a kid named Jeannie. Oh, I know about that one. Yeah. Oh, and then I was like, I don't talk about children on this no, we podcast. Don't. We don't. We don't. So we took a trip down um, some money because I feel like at my age, I need to actually start thinking about my money. So I mean, got course. my mind on my money and my money uh, not in my uh, pocket because I spend it all. Money on your mind. It's on my mind because I have none. If you'd like to donate to our Patreon. <laughs> says the fully employed, very, very talented professional hairdresser. She's fine. Okay, but I have an addiction and it's called plants. It's also I know. vintage shopping. And okay, I- let's, let's swing back to the meme I sent you earlier this week since this is now a Leonardo DiCaprio podcast. Oh my God. Uh, it's from Titanic and Rose is laying on the door and is like, no, you can't come on because it's her on the door with all of her plants. And I was like, youch, <laughs> that cuts. <laughs> Sorry, Leo, later. Are you a slap chop? Because that cut me hard. I know how to do that. I hope so. WWE wrestling. Okay, I'm sorry. So I guess that was like, you wish. We did it. You wish. You wish. You wish. Oh, do you know what I watched this week that threw me back? Actually, do you know how I got to this place that threw me back? Is one of my girlfriends <laughs> kept saying, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. What you say? 55. Should we do 55? What didn't you think say? about that one? Oh. Oh. No, I went to E-bomb. Okay. E-bomb's world, world. The end of the world. Oh, my God. E- yeah. Okay. So. Remember? So. <laughs> I am lit tired. Yeah. Fire the missiles. missiles. I am lit tired. Okay, have a nap. Then fire the missiles. I'm oh my sorry. Gosh. I internet before the internet was the internet. Very, again, like 90s, not appropriate, horrific, terrible flash, but that's what oh we God. had. You know what we can say? We rose from those ashes and we became politically correct, very empathetic, nice-ish people that swallow our feelings and make sure everyone else feels better around us. 
Oh my god. Apologetic millennials. Well, thanks for joining us on our podcast. <laughs> it was a journey. It was. We did it. And if you need somewhere to end your journey, please feel free to follow us on Instagram where I post spontaneously only on Sundays at Deep Nerder at Instagram. Or you can email us if you have questions, comments, concerns, or feedback that is actually helpful. You can send it to deepnerder at gmail.com. No thanks to you, Megan. Yeah, Megan. <laughs> Friggin' island. Fucking island. I've yet to go back there. But I did just learn that I can get dragon scales and I can bring them to like a dragon fountain. And yeah. I got that really, really big horse and then I accidentally killed it. You can bring it back at another fountain. The horse? Yeah. There's a revival fountain. This is when you edit the podcast so it just like quietly gets quieter as we go. Like the horse god fountain? Yeah, they can bring that horse back. Doing it because I was really upset. I, it, I, it was a big thing. I was like, I watched a, I killed okay, a horse the other day, and I was like, why doesn't it leave? Like the body lays there for so fucking long, and I was like, wow, this game really doesn't want me to ride a horse. So I haven't ridden a horse since. Like, I get up. I, I get doing? a horse, and then I board them, and I fucking walk everywhere because I'm like, yeah, me too, bitch. Never again. I literally stood behind again. the horse, like, why aren't you moving? Like He's dead. Like, why are you sleeping? Very sad. I train you. No, that's what my problem is. Come on. Why won't you get up? Our Come team. on. It's not that far. They can't be Artex. Also, why doesn't Atreyu sink? Because he's sad because Artex is dying. I don't want to talk about this. I'm going to cry. Thanks for coming. Bye. Atreyu. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kangaroos.